You're listening to the Passion Church Podcast. We believe that today's message will help you thrive in your relationship with Jesus as you follow Him. We'll be back after the podcast with more information. And now, today's message from Pastor Aaron Kozlowski, right here at Passion Church. Jesus, help. (laughs) My favorite prayer. God, you are so good and so wonderful. And so, Lord, we, your children, we, your people, are here to hear from you. Lord, without your anointing on these words, they're just empty and lifeless. So, Lord, I ask for your anointing today that every person watching online, that every person here, Lord, that your word would become a rhema, that it would become living to each and every one of us, that our lives would be changed and transformed because you have spoken to each of our hearts. We thank you for it. Spirit, thank you for already being here today. Now I ask that you would invade every heart, every mind, that we would all hear and understand what the Spirit is saying to the church today. In your name we pray, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I want to start with where we were on Wednesday. Um, isn't that so cool? Some of you are like, I would never live in that house ever. And some of you are like, I want there now. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's I, the very different reactions right there. Um, but so on Wednesday, whoops, on Wednesday, uh, we, be, we talked about prayer. And uh, in, on Wednesday, I read from Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and it says, Now all glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. We talked about how, how we have to actually open our mouth and ask. That God can do so much more than you ask, but if you are timid to ask and you never ask, then ask. God will never answer 100% of the prayers that you never ask. Okay? Um, So that's where we were on Wednesday, but I want to back up. Where we're going today is something somewhere very different, but I want to back up to Ephesians chapter 3. That was verse 20. We're going to go back to verse 16. In verse 16, it says this, And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you and the resting place of his love will become very, the very source of, and root of your life. Wait, let's let's read that again. The resting place of what? His love will become the very source and root of your life. His love will become the very source and root of your life. Um, I a couple weeks ago I told you about my um, my mango tree. It died. It is shriveled up. It is sad. I meant to take a picture, but it was raining, and it just didn't happen. (laughs) 
I'm, I'm, I'm sad by my mango tree death. It's true. You know why I died? Because I didn't take care of it. It's kind of simple, right? I didn't tend it the way I needed to. I didn't water it the way it needed to, to get watered. It was neglected. And guess what it did? It died. Why? Because I neglected it. Your spirit, your spirit, how is the condition of your spirit man today? Is it on life support? Because it's been a while since you've fed it, watered it, given it any kind of sustenance whatsoever? Or is it vibrant and alive, the complete opposite of my mango tree? I pray that, I pray that your spirit is alive and flourishing because you, as a child of God, are in relationship with God. Whether or not we're in relationship with God is totally up to us. We have, this is, this is the reality. Um, I'm married. Everyone knows that. Hi, wife. Yeah, no joke, it's you. <laughs> um, the relationship I have with my wife, quite frankly, hear me out, is the relationship that I want to have with her. Just think about that for a moment. The relationship that you have with someone can only be as far as you and that person are willing to go in that relationship. Does that make sense? Right? So when it comes to Jesus, he's already all in, isn't he? He gave up his life. He gave it all. He was 100% committed to your adoption as sons and daughters. He was 100% committed to your you being in relationship with him, 100%. So the reality is that the relationship that we have with Jesus is the relationship that we want with Jesus. And if we're on life support, it's because we're not putting in the time that we need to. And if we're flourishing, it's because we're putting in the time and effort we need to. If I never get a date with my wife, if we never set aside time for each other, we're going to start shriveling up as a couple. I guess the older you get, you shrivel up anyway. But I'm talking about our relationship. <laughs> so here is us, we Using me, what relationship do you have? Because out of the two of you, you and Jesus, there's one of you who has already declared he is 100% committed to your relationship with him. All right? So the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Are you rooted in the love of God? How are your roots? 
because I did not tend to my poor little mango tree's roots. And it didn't do well because I didn't tend to it the way it needed to be tended to. However, the love of God will become your very source and root of your life when, let's go back to the beginning of verse 17, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. The life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. Can we just, can we just notch our faith up a couple, couple ratchets, you know, here right now and just say, yes, I want that. I want the life of God deep inside of me. I got to use my faith to do that. Yes, God, I want that. Just, just out of your own mouth. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see it. I see it. I want that, God. I want that. I'm going to ratchet my faith up right now. Yeah, I, I, I may have been not doing what I needed to do, but I see it now. Thank you, God. Verse 18, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing. Say overflowing. With the fullness of God. All right, ready? So what are you rooted in? Hopefully you're rooted in the love of God. But then the next question is, what are you overflowing with? What are you splashing and splooshing on others? You know, as you're walking around life and because this says you're going to overflow with the fullness of God. Are you overflowing with the fullness of God? You know, you're you're splashing and you're splooshing around and you're walking around and, and you accidentally drip on someone. What did you drip? Did you drip God? Did you overflow? Think of like, you ever, my, my kids do this probably because I do this. Um, they fill their cup up way too tall, you know, and like, so it, you got this much cup and this much water, <laughs> you know, and, and, and they're just, they don't do it too often, but every once in a while, it's like, it's almost like a contest. I see daddy do this. I bet I can do it too. And so, so what are you overflowing? Because whatever's in that cup, whatever you're splooshing and splashing on those around you, they're going to get wet with something. But what are you overflowing with? When we're rooted and the source of our life is the love of God, wow. There's a promise that we will overflow with the fullness of God. If we're rooted as the love of God as our source, completely unlike my mango tree. John chapter 14, verse 15. This is what Jesus said. Whoops. If you love me, you will keep 
my commandments. Period. This is what Jesus said. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is not what this says. This doesn't say, if you love me, you can do whatever the heck you want, and I understand because I'm just so loving. It doesn't say that. It never will. It's not going to change. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. All right, so ready? Let's just take a personal test real quick. Do we love God? Do you? Are you sure? How'd you do on the test? Did you miss the test? Did you miss the test? Because maybe you missed the test. Here's the test. Do you keep his commandments? That's the easy one. If I say I love God, but I'm not keeping his commandments, bingo, there's my test. I failed. I don't love God. I love me. I'm on the throne of my life because I want to do what I want to do, and God sure as heck ain't going to tell me otherwise. If you love him, you will obey his commandments. However, you ready? We're going to take the same verse, the bottom half of this page, John 14, 15. This is beautiful because not only is it a great litmus test, but it's also the reverse is true. It says, loving me empowers you to obey my commands. So there's also a reality that if you're not there, and guess what? We all are at different levels of I'm in control and I'm God. Okay, let's just let's just be honest. Every time we sin, every time I sin, I am declaring I am God and he's not, which isn't a good thing to declare, but it's true. And I'm as guilty as every one of us. Nah, I am more guilty than most of you. <laughs> let's just be honest. That if I am, if I have a obedience problem, if I'm having a hard time obeying his commands, you know what I need? I need to be empowered. What empowers me to obey his commands? Loving him. Loving him. It's both. It's both a test, shows us exactly where we are in our love walk with Jesus. But we can also purpose to love him. And as we love him, the very act of loving him enables us, empowers us. Say that. Say empowers. That is such an amazing word. It gives you strength and power. The very act of loving him gives you strength and power to obey. Awesome. So what benefit is there to obeying God's commands? Can, can we be, let's, let's just, what, what, what is there? Some say everything. Some are going, I don't know, he's taking away all my fun. I get it. So what benefit is there? Let's read. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Anyone who listens to my teaching 
and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Weather. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. So here we are. You know what these two people have in common? The flood and the torrent came no matter what. Isn't that beautiful news? Hey, guess what? The flood's coming. It's coming. Neither one of these got out of the storm. They both had to experience the storm. One went through completely unscathed. The other one was completely destroyed. Have you ever felt like this person here that when the flood came it just washed out everything and you had nothing left that is a result one of the things we can do to do something about when we feel like our legs have been wiped out from underneath us anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it. It's simple. It's not complicated. It's not cumbersome. If we have gotten our feet wiped out from under us, if the plans that we have have fallen through and nothing's working, go back to the beginning. Are we following his commands? Are we following his commands? Because when we follow his commands, we're going to be like the house, the person who built his house on rock. The storm came, but the person who built his house on the rock, their house stood. Just like that stone house right there in our picture. The house stood. It didn't get wiped out. Yes, the storm came, but it did not get wiped out. I don't know about you, I don't want my house getting wiped out. Because that stinks. Because that hurts. Because that is years of pain and heartache that could have been avoided. I don't want my house wiped out. And he says so clearly, you don't want your house wiped out? It's easy. Don't listen and do whatever you want to do. Listen and apply it. Everything that Jesus says is good. Everything that Jesus says is for our best. He's not trying to take things away. He's trying to bless us and give us strength like a house built on rock. He's trying to bless you. Don't throw in the towel for sand. All right. There was a, so what are we supposed to be rooted in? 
love. We're supposed to be rooted in the love of God. Then we will flourish and we will sploosh and splash all over people out of the fullness of God. How do we know that we love him? By obeying his commands. All right, let's continue talking about love just a little bit. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Whoops, I'm sorry, I just read that. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? This is a big question. This isn't a small question. This isn't like, how do I get a splinter out? He is, this is like, this is big. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. Do this and you will live. Has anyone noticed um, increase in crankiness? Has anyone noticed the enemy trying to incite you about the people you love? Has anyone noticed that your um, patience with humanity is dwindling? Here we go. (laughs) My commandment is this. Love one another. Love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him, do this and you will what? Live. That is a temptation to destroy your life. It's not a result of all that's going on. It is a slippery, slippery temptation in the middle of all that's going on so you won't pay attention to it. I can hate my neighbor because everything going on in the world, it doesn't work that way. He said the two most important commands were what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And what does that look like? It looks like obedience. We just talked about that. But what's the second most command, important commandment? He said it's just like the first one. Love your neighbor as yourself. Look at your neighbor and say, I love you. <laughs> look at your neighbor on the other side and say, I love you. Those of you watching online, we love you. <laughs> Man, it's a temptation. There is a huge temptation right now to be incited against everyone else around you. Why? Because you can't fulfill this commandment if you hate everyone. You can't love the people if you're too busy being ticked off at them because they stink. They wear a mask. They won't wear a mask. They're for black lives. They're against black lives. They're this, that, and the other thing. It's all us and them. It's all us and them. Have you noticed that? For Trump, against Trump. It's us and them. 
whenever there's an us and them, just bing, temptation. It's an us and them. The enemy is trying to get you incited against someone else simply because they may not believe or think the exact same way you do. And then what's even worse is you start categorizing them. So because this is true, then all of this must be true. Man, they stink. I really hate them. Do you see all this? How could they do all that? You don't know that they did all that. You just know that they do this. Come on, this is where we are as a nation right now. If you've been on social media for more than five minutes, I'm sure you've gotten to at least 17 arguments. It's nonstop. It's in your face. And if you wanted to post something nice, you probably got taken down anyway. This is where we are. However, God said, Jesus said, the most important command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. And the second is just like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. In our nation, we have a problem loving ourselves, don't we? If you hate yourself, it's really easy to hate your neighbor. But God sees value in you. Those of you here sitting here today, God sees value in you. Why? Because he created you and he doesn't make junk. Those of you watching online, God sees you. He knows you. You are not alone. You are not junk. You are not trash. You are not to be tossed away. There is so much value in your life because God created you on purpose and for a purpose. He knows you and he knows the plans that he has for you. I'm speaking to somebody. He knows you and he knows the plans and they're good plans. But all of those plans, we don't get to fully embrace and enjoy if we're not loving God and loving others. We got to love others. And let me inform you the difference between lust and love. Lust takes at the expense of others while love gives at the expense of self. Because that's what Jesus did. That is what Jesus did. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we have the perfect example. Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. To who? All. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Even when they keep doing the wrong thing, love keeps believing the best. Isn't that what Jesus did for? I am so glad that this describes Jesus' love for me. 
that those mountains that I just keep going around and 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 we don't have time for this. And around those mountains, those mountains, you know what Jesus says? He says, you can do it. Why? Because he sees perfect you that lives with him in eternity right now. He's outside of time. He already knows the you that is with him in eternity forever. And he sees you and he knows you can. He believes in you. He believes in his blood. He believes that his blood is enough to cleanse us. To make us new creations in Christ. How awesome is that? And not only that, not only does he believe in us, but we get to believe in others who may not show their most beautiful self all the time. What a shame it would be to show others our least beautiful self when they show us their least beautiful self. Isn't that kind of how it goes these days? They start and then it gets back and then before you know you have World War Seven, and you're not even sure what happened to three through five. Six got completely skipped. Six didn't happen. I know that for a fact, but three through five. So here we are. Love. Is this your overflow? Does this describe your overflow? When you're walking through life, splishing and splooshing, and you leak on someone, does it look like this? Does it look like patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, selflessness, self-control? It can when we're rooted and grounded in love. The love of God. My my little mango plant. I just can't let this go, can I? I can't because not only did I not water it enough, I didn't put enough fertilizer in the pot either. That root system didn't have anything. I doomed it. <laughs> but you and I, we're not doomed. The love of God has more than enough nutrients for your spirit to flourish and grow and be impassioned with love for others and a love for the Father. There is more than enough love in the heart of God for you and everyone you know for you to overflow and leak and splish and sploosh and splash on everyone you know. And you will still not be empty. Because God's love is that good. It really is. It really is. It really is. We're going to close with this. Love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's troubles. If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you are living in deception. Love God. 
first and foremost. What does that look like? Obeying his commands. Doing the things he asks you to. Number two, love your neighbor. Who does that look like? Any human being that you see or see on Facebook. <laughs> love. Why? Because you are rooted in the love of God. And guess what, baby? That plant can't help but grow and soak up the nutrients of love and take that into your spirit, man, and grow into a perfect love tree. Why? It ain't you. It's the perfect, perfect fertilizer that you're rooted into. The love of God. Let's pray. Maybe you're here today and you took the love test and you failed. God still loves you anyway. He has more than enough love for you and everyone around you. Maybe someone in your life has hurt you and you've decided that you can't love them. You need to repent of that because you can. Maybe you're calling your own shots. Maybe you failed the love test in a different way. You're not following his commands because you're still God. And you are still in charge of your life. And you have not relinquished control to the one who bought you and paid for you in full. You too need to repent. Put back ownership in the hands of the one who bought you. Maybe you're trying with everything you have, but it's hard. Those Facebook people and that great uncle on your second cousin's side, you know what I'm talking about. They just get you and push all the wrong buttons, and you don't know how you could possibly love that one. The love of God is enough to love you and to love that person Father, we repent. We repent, we repent, we repent. God, we are so sorry. Lord, if we have not loved you the way that we should, Lord, forgive us. Return us back to our first love. Rekindle the flame that burns so brightly. Lord, if there are people in our lives that are just so unlovely and it frustrates us, we're trying, but it's just... Oh, love on us today. Lord, we repent. Love on us today so that we can in turn, out of the overflow of what is within us, love on others. Lord, may our gaze change. May our point of view change. May we see those who we have previously deemed unacceptable and unworthy and unlovable. 
May we see them through your eyes, the eyes of love. May we see their value and their worth that you have created them in your image and likeness. That you thought they were so special that you died on the cross to buy them, to purchase them back from sin, death, hell, and the grave. To purchase them into adoption. Lord, may we see what you see. Lord, may we see in ourselves that same perspective. May we see what you see in others and in ourselves. And Lord, if we are, if we're on the throne, if we kicked you to the curb, forgive us. Lord, we take our will by an act of our will and we submit our lives to you and we say that you are God. In Jesus' name, we yield our lives to you. Amen. 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 Do you want to be stormproof? It's easy. Oops. <laughs> All right, that's it. You're good. We're done. You go. You can go home. <laughs> I was trigger happy. Push the button too many times. It's easy. Love God. And out of the overflow of the love that you receive, love others. And out of that overflow of love, what are you going to do? You're going to obey him because you love him. And as you're so busy obeying him, you're just going to look one day and see your house up on that rock and look back far in the distance and go, wow, I remember a time in my life when there was nothing but sand. And now there's just rock. And I can't be shaken. And I can't be moved because I'm loving God. And in turn, with his love that he's loving me with, I'm loving others. Be blessed. Thank you for being here today. Those of you watching online, thanks for coming. Thanks for enduring us. We love you. Those of you here, we love you. May you go in peace. May you go in love. We love you. God loves you. He believes in you. Don't let it go. Amen. We will see you on Wednesday online. Bye-bye.